My name is Jordan, and I'll be the intro man, the editor, and the man responsible for bringing the Bitcoin Ben Show to the audios. It's been a while. I've been away. I took my first vacation in a very long time last week as we went to uh, one of our friend's weddings in Kelowna, BC. That was the furthest I've ever been west, believe it or not. I've been very far east. I've been overseas. I've been a ton of places around the world, but I've never been that far west in the country that I live in here in Canada. And uh, I didn't really know what to expect. The Rocky Mountains I've been to before skiing and stuff, but I've never been there in the summer. And uh, it far exceeded all expectations. It was an amazing week. But it's good to be back home. I'm sure you can relate to that feeling. Uh, It was an 18-hour drive, so we're still feeling a few effects from it. Uh, But I'm going to be uploading a ton of podcasts that I've missed for the last week, week and a half here. And so this is going to be the intro for all of them. So if this is the first one that you're listening to, you can go ahead and skip forward because they're all going to be the exact same. But we got some catching up to do. It's raining here today, finally. It's been so dry here lately. We had a really good spring, uh, but it's just been bone dry here for the last month or so. So it's finally raining today. Figured it was a good time to catch up on some uh, podcasts and some uploads and some other things for uh, for Ben here. So hoping that the rain will help with all the forest fires we've been having here that our wonderful prime minister has been sponsoring in the name of climate change. Probably no coincidence to the dozens of people who have been charged with arson. Uh, so, But we'll just chalk it up to uh, climate change because that's... If you're listening to this, I'm sure you believe in the climate change. We're paying two taxes now here in Canada for it, carbon tax. We want to get rid of carbon. Even though it was six degrees here in July this week. So if you're a listener of Cliff High and and you're a believer in logic, uh, I think we're going to have some cold years ahead here. So it's pretty sad that we're actually paying to make our country colder by eliminating the carbon. But anyways, that's enough of a rant for today. I had a lot to catch up on. <laughs> so I'll squeeze that in there. Uh, but let's get to some metrics here. Currently, we are sitting at block height 799290 which leaves us with only 710 blocks until the 800,000 block. Pretty exciting, I think. I mean, since Bitcoin has been around, that has only happened seven times so far, 100,000 blocks. So it'll be, I'm sure there are some crazy Bitcoiners out there who will be throwing a party for that 10-minute block when it hits 800,000. What else do we got here? We have the cheapest fees that I've seen in a very long time. If you're sending any Bitcoin right now on layer one, it's only costing you eight sats per V-byte. Pretty good. Considering about a month ago, it was close to 50 sats per V-byte, I believe. Let me check here. Holy. Got some thunder here. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but that was a little thunder, a little morning thunderstorm. Anyways, uh, so 10 weeks ago, 55 sats per V-byte, and we're down to six now. Newest block was six sats 
per V-byte. So if you are one of those people who are trying to get ahead of things here, if you want to consolidate your UTXOs for the future, highly recommend doing it right now while fees are low. Now is the time to be doing this in a low-fee environment. You can consolidate your UTXOs to make any future transactions a lot cheaper going out of your wallet. So something to consider. Another little rant there about UTXOs. I'm getting everything off my chest today. So we got block height 799290. We got six sats per V-byte. And if you're buying any Bitcoin today, the price of Bitcoin hasn't changed much. Fees are down. The blocks keep chugging along, but the price of Bitcoin hasn't changed for quite a while now. I think we hit a uh, yearly high last week when the XRP scam uh, got a bit of life there. Everything pumped, uh, but it's back down now. For one US dollar, you can get 3,361 Satoshis. Still a great deal, looking like a better deal more and more every day as BlackRock, Fidelity, all these huge banks are going to be trying to get your Bitcoin from you. So Ben talked about it on a show yesterday, I think it was, and it's something that I've been thinking quite a bit about actually is uh, the Bitcoin price. We know that BlackRock pretty much owns the world and they have access to unlimited capital, unlimited cash almost. And so I foresee in the near future, I think it's going to be this bull run where the, the price go the price goes up so fast and so high that people just don't even think twice and just sell their Bitcoin. And you know who's going to be there waiting for it? BlackRock. And that is one of the main concerns I have with Bitcoin right now. Although at the same time, I feel like the people who are in Bitcoin right now are in it for the long run. But I, that's why I think that they're going to have to push the price up high enough to try and push those people into selling it. Because we know that there's only X amount of Bitcoin, 21 million, about 19 and a half are in circulation right now, have been mined. So Bitcoin's something that they can't print, that they can't hypothecate anymore. If they have a spot ETF, they're gonna have to hold the exact amount of Bitcoin that their clients have as an ETF. And they're not gonna care about how high the price goes they're only going to care about how many Bitcoin they can get for their clients and for their reserves. So that's a little scary. I hope that uh, I do think that there's enough people in Bitcoin who are here for the long run. The majority of people at this point in time are here for the long run. They understand Bitcoin, where it's going, how it's generational wealth, but the cost of living, the cost of debt, the cost of just breathing right now is so high that it might force people into selling. And unfortunately, that Bitcoin is going to end up in the hands of the worst people in the world. But we'll see. All we can do is talk about it. All we can do is bring awareness to it. And all we can do is get our Bitcoin into cold storage and hold on for dear life. So I hope you enjoy all of these episodes that are going to be attached to this intro. There's probably going to be at least 10 of them, I think. Ben's on the road, but he's still been doing shows every morning. Good to see. Some long ones, too. If you're not of, uh, if you're not a member of his Patreon yet, he has been putting out a ton of content on his Patreon. For 5 bucks a month, it's a no-brainer. 
And that's where he really gets into the weeds. That's where he gets into the stuff that he can't talk about on YouTube. He has his own private server, so that's where the Patreon stuff goes. It's worth every penny, every sat for the Patreon membership. So there's going to be a link below here in the description if you want to join his Patreon. And uh, the more people that join, the more content he'll have and the more we can keep pushing forward here. So good way to support. Also, if you're listening to this on Fountain, you can send a boostagram. I will be reading all boostagrams on the intros here. And so that's another way to support Ben. You can also tune into Vita.live for his daily show and send some sats on there. Ton of different ways. Whatever you're into, there's a way to do it. So I apologize once again for missing the last week or so, but it was a much needed vacay. So enjoy the week, enjoy the episodes here, and we'll talk to you very soon. Here is the man himself, Bitcoin Ben. Oh. Okay. Alrighty, we are live. Now, everybody, just to let you know, I am at at our condo in St. Louis. Internet, not the best. So if, if we have, have issues, I'm blaming it on the interwebs. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's your favorite truck driver, ex-truck driver in the whole wide world. It, it is Bitcoin Ben. Today, we have a lovely guest, Nerd Girl 007. Uh, check her out on Twitter and YouTube, right? So I actually don't really make YouTube videos anymore. I kind of like tried my own hand at, you know, content creation. And I did, you know, you came on my stream once. And yeah. I was doing this like building bridges thing. But it was really, honestly, like I felt horrible. I decided to, like I got extremely burned out from producing so much. And then when I was on a break, I realized just how much, more I enjoy creating written content than I do creating video content. So, cause I'm a writer, you know, and I just like really prefer to think out everything that I'm going to say really carefully. And um, yeah, I just figured that video content creation on a regular basis is just not for me. Well, cool. It's, it's yeah. You are awesome on Twitter. You, uh, you share a group a lot of great information and that's why i wanted to reach out uh okay uh oh uh sorry i got friends who are like it's it's so crazy in the crypto world right now, especially in Europe and New York. Now, you would think that New York uh, wouldn't actually be as crypto active because of all of the regulations and rules. Complete opposite. Yeah. There's, there's so many people in cryptos in New York 
better hedge fund, you know, people. Uh, uh, you have the 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 Winklevoss twins. You got a bunch of people up there, and everyone's sending me messages like, "Okay, I just helped sell, you know, twelve hundred and eighty Bitcoin. You know, it's it's." These whales are buying up over the counter like crazy. And that's what I wanted to have you on the show for is you watch Twitter a lot, I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> and from your point of view, what are you seeing out there? Well, uh, what am I seeing out there regarding like sentiment about Bitcoin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like everyone were, you know, we're coming up really quickly. We're under a year now to the next Bitcoin halving. And really typically the crypto market, like crypto market cycle revolves around the Bitcoin halving. So I think, you know, Bitcoiners are really excited, you know, because their bags are going to pump. And then altcoiners are excited because, you know, altcoin bags tend to pump with Bitcoin. I also see a lot of people talking and, you know, whether they're excited or upset about BlackRock filing the Bitcoin ETF, you know, BlackRock and Fidelity having both filed for Bitcoin ETFs recently. So I think there's, you know, some people who are really excited about that because, you know, that certainly means that more legacy money can enter the playing field. But then there are also a lot of people who are pushing back against that who really don't want that because you know BlackRock is really everything that Bitcoin and crypto has stood against. So them custodying such a large portion of Bitcoin means that essentially it's not the people's money anymore. Um, you know, like I, I see, I can see both sides of the argument. And one thing that I know that I've noticed is I have a lot of, like, I know a lot of people, I have a lot of contacts who are working or are involved with legacy finance, you know, like, um, hedge fund managers and, you know, various kinds of fiduciaries. What I didn't realize until a couple of years ago is that those people aren't even allowed to buy cryptocurrency, even with their own personal money. So one thing to think about is that as that changes, and it is changing, the things that those people are going to be allowed to buy initially are going to be I mean, Bitcoin obviously is going to be first and then other like high large caps like Ethereum. Yeah, I, um, the ones I'm hearing are actually Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and actually Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. Just um, I, like I know a lot of people really hate on any kind of Bitcoin fork, you know, but um, but that actually makes sense to me because realistically, Bitcoin Cash is accepted by more merchants around the world than Bitcoin BTC. So it would it would be reasonable for that to be among the list on the list. 
Yeah, it, uh, it's huge over in Asia. Yep. Um, and it, uh, and actually, so is Litecoin because mm -hmm. uh, of Charlie Lee. Uh -huh. uh, so as these, and I have friends, like I said, up in New York and over in London who are just, I don't think people realize London is ready to go. Mm -hmm. They have legislation. Yep. They have approval. All of their major, like, major players are lined up and raring to go. Now, with BlackRock, what a lot of people don't understand is, yes, they're huge. They're big. They have $10 trillion in assets under management. Mm -hmm. But they also have $20 trillion worth of capital that trades right behind them. Mm -hmm. What they do, everyone else jumps in on. Yep. So we're talking $30 trillion. If they allocate 1%, mm -hmm. 1%. That's like 300, yeah, that'd be $300 billion. Yep. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. And, and that's, that's just because a majority of it will actually hit, uh, regular, you know, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. but that still leaves, because hell, you're there, why not grab Litecoin, Ethereum, you know, Bitcoin Cash, mm -hmm. just a few hundred, you know, why not? Yep. And that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It's a big deal. And that would be a huge deal to, you know, adding to Bitcoin's market cap, crypto's market cap, for sure. Absolutely. It is. I mean, I do understand the perspective, though, and you must understand the perspective, too, of those who are really opposed to the. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the only argument I have against that is I am a freedom guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean freedom for everybody. Mm -hmm. People, I absolutely, completely disagree with mm -hmm. have to be free yeah. or I'm not free. Yeah, absolutely. And although I may not like BlackRock, mm -hmm. uh, politically or, you know, system control right. they're still free to be assholes 
you know? (laughs) Well, and I mean, realistically, there's nothing that you can do at this point to stop BlackRock, right? So BlackRock's filed for a Bitcoin ETF and people are now like kind of getting up in arms and it's like, the time for that is over. It's too late. If they've filed, like it's done, you know? There's nothing at this point that we can do to change that. The only thing would be, you know, to make sure that people who you onboard into Bitcoin or into cryptocurrency, you know, that you do your best to ensure that they're not holding custodial Bitcoin, you know, that they are buying the actual asset and that they have control of their keys. Yeah, it's that's what I that. As I read the uh, the the BlackRock application, mm-hmm. looking for any holes in it, like loopholes or something, right? And it's legit. They're holding one for one. Uh, they're using Brian Armstrong over. Mm-hmm at you know coinbase and my friends over at coinbase they verified it they're like yep one for one and coinbase has the authority to audit blackrock's records mm-hmm. which i mean brian arms strong love them or hate him they're not gonna buy him off he's already wealthy mm-hmm. right um, and if they hold one for one which my friends have said mm-hmm. we're good that's that's a huge deal now the things I have heard is they are basically going to buy all of the Bitcoin that the U.S. government owns uh-huh. right now. So that's like 140,000 Bitcoin, I think, around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're actually going to buy those and their liquidity providers are some big players. Uh, a lot of, but what they're getting requests for are actually clean coins, mm-hmm. freshly clean coins, mm-hmm. which run, as you know, at, at a premium. Mm-hmm. So good luck getting those. Yeah. Because ev- everyone, you know, wants those. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's what else other than BlackRock are you seeing out there that either has you excited or worried? 
Uh, well, I mean, so at the same time that BlackRock filed for their Bitcoin ETF, Fidelity also filed. And there have been rumors about like mergers between the companies. I mean, yeah, I think like, that's something to be concerned about. You know, um, with this big money flowing directly into Bitcoin, like as an as an altcoin aficionado, um, I, you know, I do sometimes get a little bit worried about Bitcoin dominance um, because, like I wrote in the last cycle, I wrote a an article. It was called "Married to Bitcoin: To Have and to Hodl," and um, and it was really it was about Bitcoin's falling dominance and how I didn't think that the trend would because you know we've seen always throughout throughout cycles Bitcoin loses dominance during the bull run and then gains dominance during the bear run or during during the bear market. Yeah, bear runs, not the right word. Um, so during the bear market. So, but what we have seen historically is that each bear cycle, Bitcoin regains a little bit less of the dominance. So originally Bitcoin had like 98% dominance. Then it was, you know, 70. I think we're right at 49-ish percent right now. But the probability that Bitcoin's dominance will increase over Bitcoin's low dominance in the last cycle is like, it just, it gets lower. Three, you know, one's just a point, two is a, is a, what is it? What's the expression? It's like, one is, one is just a point, or maybe it's oh, two, uh, three is a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but we do have enough data at this point to show a trend. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if Bitcoin's dominance did go up, like, you know, in this time, just as people are kind of flooding and getting into the market. But I would be surprised if it maintained it throughout the next bull run. So, I mean, I guess I'm not super concerned about that because what has market dominance? Market dominance doesn't necessarily correlate to, like, um, the other assets being worthless, right? And I wow. do not like, I don't hate Bitcoin. I have some. It's definitely not my favorite. Yeah. And, and um, uh, my largest holding is in Litecoin. Mm -hmm. The reason I hold as, hold that as much as I do is is the I'm looking long game uh -huh. and I mean generational long game so I hold like Litecoin I hold other alts that right now people are like oh they're shit coins they're this they're that you have to look at the longevity of the project and the influence that they have in the crypto world. Because as these, as time rolls by, these projects, this is all going to get figured out on usage, use case, mm -hmm. you know, uh, app, application, adoption, you know, all of this will get figured out. 
And there's probably, I'd say, a hundred to three hundred cryptocurrencies or tokens that are going to be utilized well and a lot. And, uh, but it's just a matter of time because right now we, with everything global, you know, going on, the revolutions, the, uh, the old system crumbling down in front of our eyes, people are going to move to more reliable, more trackable, more, and when I say trackable, honest transaction history. That's what I mean. And there are great projects out there. Uh, Hex is a great project. Uh, you know I love Hex. <laughs> it's like it's, I know you do. It's so wildly unpopular. Um, you know, like the the opinion of it with like throughout cryptocurrency is so wildly unpopular, and that's really why I liked it. <laughs> I, I think it's less the project and more him they don't like. It's 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 yeah. uh, and, which is ridiculous. He's he's a super nice guy. I actually talked to him. You know, he's I think there's a lot of jealousy there. Oh yeah. Because he really is a genius. If you sit down and have an off-air conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. So you know what's funny is that, like, I would definitely agree with you. It's, like, just loathing for, you know, for Hex's founder. And, um, and you know, what's interesting to me is that I've worked really closely with a lot of different crypto communities, a lot of different crypto founders and crypto figureheads, and people really dislike Richard because he's really abrasive, um, you know, and he's really... And he, he's really he's really direct, you know, like he just says what he thinks. He doesn't try to sugarcoat things. Um, and people, you know, think that that's this like arrogance and, you know, whatever. And, and certainly, you know, it is there's there's hubris there. Right. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there are various other people who they maybe look up to or like or perceive as being humble. But the reality is that when the cameras turn off, they're all like him. Him. It's just that he's like that in front of the camera too. Yeah, and it, I guess I guess it's an alpha male alpha male thing because that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, I actually like it. I love his his you know I'm rich. I'm on a throne. I got. A bunch of watches, you know. I got all this stuff, 
and then he's proud of himself. Yep. You know, it's, it's, and I, like I said, I think it's an alpha, alpha thing because, you know, I mean, um, as some people would call me, you know, very cocky, which is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's because we know we're good. Yep. We know that we execute. We know that we kick ass. And people who, who they don't have that mindset and they're insecure of what they bring to the table, they don't like that environment because they know that they're going to lose, you know? Yeah. You know what's funny, Ben, is that like probably two years ago, maybe even longer now, but somewhere, you know, somewhere in the one to two years ago range, I did a stream with um, Trayvon James and we had this exact conversation where it was like, you know, a lot of the dislike for this, it has to do with, you know, insecurity or people who can't, you know, I don't know what the right way to say this is people who can't or don't understand like alpha personality, you know, people who, like I said, you know, the first time that I streamed with Richard, he called me a Barbie. He called me Barbie. And I took it as a compliment. I took it as the compliment that he oh, made. Yeah. But because I was like, dude, Barbie is beautiful. She's got like, she's done every job there is. I love Barbie, right? That's a huge compliment. But there have been other women who have like complained about being called Barbie or being called cheerleader or think, you know, things like that. But it is, it's that like repulsion of, um, I think what Trevon said was, if you don't like him, it's because you're a beta. Yeah. That's yeah. That. It's, it's, um, everyone wants the cheerleader. Right. So, why would you be offended actually being called a cheerleader? It's it's um. It, I think weak people hate being reminded that they're weak. Yeah. And it's it's now mind you, weakness does not. It's it. It's it's not real. I I let me rephrase that. Weaker, weaker, weaker people, right? Should not actually be ashamed of who they are. They should be proud of who they are. Right? It's I look at it like a a. Uh, we're all one team. And yes, you have a quarterback, the cocky guy, the guy who gets all the girls, but you also have linebackers. You also have running backs. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has something they're really good at. And you should brag on that. You know, whatever you're, 
like, look, I can sew like nobody's business. I'm the I'm the best person that could ever sew anything. Hey, run with that. It's it's this idea of of unre um, unrealistic expectations that that you should be good at everything, right? I'm not very good at uh, at running. I'm slow, right? Mm -hmm. I'm slow because I'm six foot two, two eighty. Mm -hmm. I'm a big guy, so I'm not gonna be fast, right? But I will definitely run your ass over. All right. Mm -hmm. That's that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's um, I never understood that. And it's it's silly. But oh well. But you know what? People don't like cockiness in like a variety of things, right? So when I write, so I write a column for Crypto Magazine. Uh, I write a monthly column for them. I'm going to be writing a weekly column for a small newspaper. I haven't shared the details about that yet, about cryptocurrency. No, my writing is really getting popular. I'm, I'm really happy about it because if people actually take the time to read the words that you put down on paper and are like reaching out, like that's a that's a big deal. I And this, this time period where people don't like to read and stuff, I feel very honored to be, you know, getting more opportunities to contribute to the written journal journalist world. But so I write this column for crypto magazine and I'm really confident when I write because I take all of the time that I need to ensure that all of the information that I'm providing is correct. You know, like I go, like I, you, I write it, you know, I write the piece from my perspective and then I go through it and fact check it myself before publishing it or before handing it over to my editors. Um, and then if my editor, I have a clause in my contract where my editors actually have to approve. I actually, I have to approve any edits that are made to the copy Good. because I used to, so I used to work for CCN crypto coins news. That's what it was called at the time. Now it's called capital and celebrity. But, um, but so I used to work for, for them and I used to work for other media outlets and you would hand stuff in and they would completely change it. Like, and they didn't need to get any approval from you. So then I would get, like, I would read articles that were written in my name that had my name on them that were completely different from what I had written. So yeah. in my in my newer contracts, if the editors make changes, oh oh oh, uh, hang on one yeah. second. Everyone watching on Facebook, you got about, or I'm sorry, on YouTube, you got about thirty seconds before we're off, and we will be live. We will continue the show over on Rumble. Links under here. And let's hear a word from our sponsor, Calix Solutions. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. 
Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. All right, we're back. Everyone on YouTube, bye-bye. We'll see you on Rumble. And... Ah, now okay. YouTube's gone. Now we can get to the good stuff. Okay, okay. So yeah, I, um, I actually do a half hour on YouTube because I'm on my fourth YouTube channel. Because uh-huh. I'd say the wrong thing or something and YouTube would shut me down. Yeah. So they only get a half hour of like the crypto regular news stuff. Everyone else on all of my other channels, uh, they get the rest of the show. Okay, got it. So are we live on Rumble right now? Uh, Yes, we're on Rumble, uh, Vimeo, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, um, um, uh, we're on like 31 platforms live right now. Okay, got it. Yep. So what I was really saying is that when I publish something, I'm really confident that the, you know, that the, that it's correct. And that what I'm saying is like adding value. Right. So, um, so people get really mad sometimes after reading my column because they're like, oh, you're so cocky. You're so sure you're right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I put many, many hours into being sure that I'm right. So I'm right, you know, like, but people really get upset about it. And that ties to what we were talking about before with yeah, you it's, it's, confidence. It amazes me how people preface what they say with, well, I could be right or wrong, then why the hell am I going to listen to you if you don't even believe you're right? Yeah. You know, I mean... There are times, right? There are times where I can be like, well, here's my theory, and my theory is based on these facts. But that said, like, just be like, it's a theory. It could be false, right? Like, in... Because yeah, there, there are things that are outside of your control. There are variables that, you know, we don't see. Yeah, it's it's the idea of, of um, all right, I have an idea or I have a thought, but I haven't really thought it all the way through yet. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> And that's when I'll say, I, this is my opinion, and I'm not sure if I'm 100% on it yet. Right. Then I'll explain it. And, but when I know something, 
absolutely for a fact I've done the homework, I've done the research, I've absolutely looked at it from every angle. And then I say it, I have people who are sending me messages that goes, what's your source? Mm-hmm. My source is me. Mm-hmm. All right. My source is my knowledge that I have gained about this topic. And so many people can't and I blame our education system on this. Yeah. So many people cannot originate a thought. Yep. They can remember what someone told them or what they read. Yep. But they can't originate a thought. Okay, can I do Okay, so I wrote an article um maybe a year, a year and a half ago, that was called, uh, it is called Market Cap Isn't a Vanity Metric. Stop saying that dumbass. And it really, so it dealt I love it. Yeah, it was funny. I had a lot of fun writing it. It took, I don't know, seven or eight hours for me to like sit down. It's fairly long, it's 3,000 words. Uh, it was a really long form piece, but, um, it was really it was really important to me because it's not just talking about the you know there's this like notion right and it's something that hexagons tend to repeat a lot because it's something that richard said so often during the last bull market which was market cap is a vanity metric right so the article that i wrote is actually analyzing not just that statement but also other like kind of statements that people just kind of parrot you know like one person says it someone else says it and then it just ends up echoing and repeating over and over again without people actually thinking critically about what that means and it's not necessarily a bad thing to repeat other things that you hear people say that are educated but i think that when we repeat those things we should at least have some knowledge of what we're saying and we're not just yes. repeating what other people are saying so that piece i looked at um i looked at a few different i don't know idiomatic expressions from within cryptocurrency right one bitcoin will always equal one bitcoin but what you can buy with one bitcoin is going to fluctuate radically um people might be in the cryptocurrency space for peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash but they aren't here just for that and um you know uh, code is law, but laws can be changed. And, you know, market cap, market cap is a vanity metric, but it's a vanity metric that matters. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's, it, um, I see a lot because as I'm sure I'm in cryptos and also very political and all that. I see people hold up signs that make no sense at all. And as soon as they are questioned about it, they don't have any roots of knowledge of what their sign says. Yep. So they're literally holding up words that they don't really grasp what 
is trying to say. And those, those people, I refer to the herd mm-hmm. because number one, H-E-R-D mm-hmm. is herd as in a herd of cows. Yep. Then H E um, H E H E R R H E A R D. I'm a horrible speller. <laughs> That's a different herd. Yep. They heard it, then they say it. Yep. Yeah, but they don't know what the hell it even means. Yep. We have a lot of that in crypto. A lot of it. And you know, one one prime example of that is the use of the term decentralization, right? Because like the term, people use it in so many different ways and they'll even use it contradictorily, like contradictorily within one conversation because they'll be talking about decentralization of network, right? So a decentralization network or a decentralized project could be just one that doesn't involve human intervention, you know, like, like hex, right. Where there's no changing that code. It's locked. It's done. That's it. Um, And what they'll be talking about in criticism of it is the lack of decentralized ownership, but realistically, like those are two very different uses and meanings of the word decentralized and a lot of people don't understand the need to unpack those right and plus the word decentralized in 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 almost any sentence you have to number one if what you're saying like when Satoshi Nakamoto released the code mm-hmm. and he he and like one other guy, Hal, were mining it. Was it decentralized? Well, yes, and this is why. It, because it was written to evolve into a decentralized, a a growing decentralized network. Everything is centralized initially. Everything is. An exploding planet is originally centralized (laughs) in the planet, then it explodes and the pieces are decentralized. Mm -hmm. So an idea is centralized and yet decentralized at the same time. The only difference is how long of a period that you're looking at it, you know, if if the intent of the object is is 
decentralization, then I would call it decentralized. Mm -hmm. right? If you're holding an apple, I would not call that decentralized. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at an apple orchard, that would be decentralized. Yeah, so I mean, really just the point is, like what I'm saying is that people should be more like critical of the terms that they're using yes. because it the way that it is commonly like used is that when i hear people harping on about how something is it's not decentralized or it's you know it's so centralized my initial reaction is always to um to just to just feel like, okay, this is going to be propaganda because yeah. all these people are doing is like spewing some, you know, like that there is an intrinsic value of this word when realistically the meaning comes in use. And if you're, you know, if you're like using the term multiple different ways throughout your conversation without being reflexive of what they are, without thinking about what they are, then it's just propaganda. Yep. And they are trying to lead the listener in a negative manner. Mm -hmm. That's it, it's because using it that way would be using it as an adjective. Mm -hmm. And Adjectives only add emotion to a sentence. So there are and, other words that I think are like key here is like one of them is, and not that every time this word is used, it doesn't mean every time it's a bad thing, but they're like key words to me that I'll listen and then I'll listen to how the speaker I'll listen to how the speaker or writer is using them before I determine whether or not it's, you know, it's being used inappropriately or is being used in attempt to drive emotion, you know, in an attempt to manipulate or not. But one of the other words that I always look for is sovereignty. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, 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 there's very few I find honest people do not use a lot of adjectives mm -hmm. because they're not trying to lead the uh, uh, lead the listener into a conclusion. They're trying to inform the listener or reader. It, it, it's, and that's what the, the mainstream means. That's what they do all the time. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a, a, you know, a blah, blah, blah. You know, wrongly said this. Well, why not just say blah 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 said this? Right. 
acted there wrongly. So you naturally go, oh, okay, well, they, they shouldn't have said that. It's, it's all agenda. It's adding an agenda to a sentence. Yeah, it's true. It is. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm sure that most of the people like listening or watching this right now are aware of how manipulative the media is, like how manipulative and um, controlling and controlled the mainstream media is. What I don't know if a lot of people are aware of is that, you know, crypto media is just as corrupt. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. You just have to look at who owns what. Yep. Because digital currency group is the, they're so influential. They own Coindesk. Uh, and these, these are not uh, freedom friendly people. No. Right now, these are the old system infiltrating the crypto media system. Yep. And I mean, even even like within it, there's so many tiers because there's, you know, who owns the crypto media group. But then what's less apparent, what's less obvious and um, more difficult to discover is that, you know, the placements that are put in news, like in the news cycle, they're not labeled as sponsored. They're not labeled press release. They're like, you know, news stories. So often those are organic news stories, but they've also been paid placements or they are not directly paid placements, but maybe the, you know, project that wanted that coverage also does, you know, banner ads with that, you know, with that media company. So then they're given priority organic media placement on newsworthy coverage. So, I, I mean, it just... It really and it, it's really hard to unpack all of that. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not to be expected that everyone should always know that this is paid placement or that this is a result of a relationship that is from paid placement. It's that um, it's that people should just like I always just assume when I'm reading something that like there is some incentive. Oh yeah. Actually, my grandfather used used to say, anyone who's talk, anyone who talks to you first wants something from you, and that that is absent if you think about it, right? Un, un, unless it's your best friend or your mom, you know, anywhere else in the world, everyone trying to communicate with you wants something from you. Mm -hmm. Now, that can be good or bad. You know, it's, it's, it's the agenda of 
what they're doing. But yeah, it's it's everyone has an agenda. So you should recognize that in everything you see. Watch watching my show. I have an agenda. My agenda is to get views. Right. Increase my uh, increase the size of my network so that my message of freedom, which is a selfish message because I want my freedom. Yep. It's out there more. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's why I've had on people who love XRP. I've had on people who love X. I've had on people who love Litecoin. I've had on Bitcoin maximums. I've had everyone on my show. The reason they come on my show is because my number one rule is freedom. Mm-hmm. Let if you love X, go for it. Mm-hmm. If you love XRP, go for it. Not my business. The reason I have you and others on is because you bring a completely different point of view that I have, or you have an angle that I don't see. Mm-hmm. And you might say something and I go, you know what? And that sounds right. Let me do some research. And that's how you get smarter. You don't get smarter talking. You get you smarter, smarter that's for sure. And and I, well, um, thank you for being on the show. And where can people actually find you and your writing? Sure. Okay. So on Twitter, I'm nerdgirl007 with no vowels. And I usually post pretty much everything that I write or gets published or republished there. I write for, I write a a monthly column for Crypto Mag. You can find that if you're in the U.S. at um, Barnes and Noble uh, or at Walmart um, or in certain places at 7-Eleven. Uh, in in a you, it's it's actually it's distributed worldwide. If you want to subscribe to the magazine, it's a physical magazine. Um, if you want to subscribe, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. So if you want to subscribe to the magazine, you can do so at cryptomag.finance. There's also a press reader. So if you want to subscribe, but you don't want to get a printed out copy every month, you can just read it online. Um, I'll share that on my Twitter later today. I also write for Gnosis News. Sometimes I write for Love is Bitcoin. Sometimes I write for Crypto Mode. Um, so I share everything whenever it gets published on my Twitter. That's kind of the best place to follow if you just want a general overview. Um, I also write for Crypto Weekly and yeah, and I'm going to be doing a, a 
a weekly column for a small town newspaper or yeah newspaper stand wow look at you go you're kicking ass I'm excited. And then I, uh, I'm i also the CCO or the Chief Communications Officer for Lunar Digital Assets, which is a crypto marketing and PR firm. I essentially run our PR arm. Oh, boy, you're busy. Yeah, I am busy. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Well, thank you so much for being on. And uh, everyone watching, Love you guys. Uh, if you're interested in a crypto laptop or the new Liberty laptop, go to Kalis Solutions on IO or give us a call 702-845-8276 and tell Patrick I said hi. Love you guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks Bye. for having me on. Bye. No problem.